Welcome to the Hidden Healing Podcast. Thank you for stopping by to take a listen. I have a few questions for you. Did you grow up with a lot of adverse childhood experiences? Do you live in the toxic stress of fight or flight, feeling constantly triggered by things that make you feel unsafe? Well, you're in the right place. Listen in as I share stories and lessons from my journey in healing from complex PTSD. Listening to this podcast will help you learn to retrain your nervous system so that you feel safe and experience fewer triggers and learn how overfunctioning no longer serves you and how the key to healing lies in your identity and your somatic recovery. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm so glad you joined me today. And I'm so glad you found this because as you can see, it's a few days late. I have been so busy with a new job and learning all kinds of new tech so I can help people with their technology, which if you don't know is what I went to school for way back when I was 19. I still enjoy it. And actually since the pandemic, I've been helping people with their technology again. And so it is nice to get back into it, I guess. So this new job and all the training has kept my mind super busy, which is really makes it really hard when I'm trying to um, make a podcast episode, which is based on something I'm going through, which then I have to extract a lesson out of, and then I have to think about it all week and figure it out. And so it's just made it incredibly difficult for me to do. But here I am, I woke up with a clear mind. I've already done all the footwork for it. So it's just kind of putting it together in my mind to make sense. And so I'm just so grateful that you guys stuck with me and are here. So today, what we're going to be talking about is something that, yes, I have been doing. And it's really incredible the reason why. But we're going to talk about specifically blaming and victim mentality. But actually, complaining, blaming, being critical of others, and being negative are all ways to release our discomfort. And when we don't notice uncomfortable feelings, uncomfortable emotions, they just start leaking out everywhere. And so that's what they kind of look like. It looks like complaining. It looks like blaming. It looks like being critical. And it looks like being negative. Now, the other day, I went on a hike with my son, who is very physically fit. And so we are going up this hill and it's still winter here in West Virginia. So our temperature, it was a warm day. So it was in the forties, low forties. And the whole time I was there, I was complaining and being negative um, on this hike that I was actually enjoying, but it was just so uncomfortable going very much uphill with, you can imagine all the leaves because this was a national park. Um, Nope. It's a state park. And so it was just really uncomfortable and it had to get out some way because, well, to be honest, if you think about, um, I just mentioned all that training that I'm doing for my new job. Well, I haven't had time or made time to process all of my emotions. And so it's been leaking out in different ways. And one is by being really complaining. And another way is by blaming. I'm so uncomfortable that some of my negative patterns are coming out. And it's interesting because um, this class I'm in, everyone is 20 years younger than me or more. And so when that, when I realized it all of a sudden, it kind of made me feel uncomfortable. It was like, what am I doing with this class of, you know, 20 somethings? 
And I thought to myself, gosh, I'm so much lower than them and all of these things. And it it just kind of created a little bit of stress in addition to the fact that learning for nine hours straight, well, eight hours straight, because one of those hours is lunch, um, is a lot, you know. And for someone who has complex PTSD, new things are often seen by our bodies as something that's scary. And so, you know, we could possibly go into fight or flight. And I've done enough work so that I'm not in fight or flight. And I actually love everything I'm learning. Learning is just the thing that really lights me up. And if someone would pay me to learn, I would be a millionaire. Um, So it's not so much the learning, but the environment and the fast pace and the long hours. And so my my mind does kind of see that as maybe something that's scary, something that's a threat to me. And so my body is finding ways to release that discomfort. So today I just really want to take the time and talk about blame. And so that's what we're going to do here. Um, at its worst, blame is victim thinking or victim mentality. And so if you think about it, People who have had a lot of verse, a lot of adverse childhood experiences, they were victims, weren't they? Um, a lot of child adverse childhood experience include being abused, whether physically, verbally, emotionally, mentally. And so, yeah, they were victims. I was a victim. And so everything is out of that child's control, which is okay if you have loving, non-damaged parents. But... How many of us have loving, non-damaged parents? Our parents might be loving, but also they probably were damaged if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> but if your parents had trauma or grew up with a lot of aces of their own, then as they were raising you, you probably felt that same way. Like you had no control over your life. And as a child, that's scary and it can even be dangerous. So I want you to remember that your mind sees danger is anything that could be a threat to you and to you, meaning what your mind sees as you. So it could be a bear. It could be just having your dreams or your passions stomped on. Like a a trauma literally could be you bring a piece of art that you're proud of to your parent and they criticize you and say that it looks stupid. But to your little five-year-old mind, what just happened was a trauma. And so I have a friend who always says, Yeah, but I always think, you know, I had a good life growing up. I had food and I had, you know, love of my parents and stuff. And so she says, so I have a hard time seeing little trauma as trauma. And I keep reminding her that it's not up to her to decide. It really is what her mind did with the situation. And so sometimes we are blessed to have food or Um, to have a home, always have had a home over our head, never had to live in a car or out on the streets or um, couch surfing, you know, because your mom couldn't pay the rent. And so even if you had some stability, if you've had aces, if you've had someone do something that caused you to feel unsafe, you could still have that same trigger, that same mentality. So as someone with all the aces grows up, they become a victim, right? So the key is is how did you deal with it? So what can happen is that you can develop a negative view of life. Basically, I don't have control over my life. So no control equals no responsibility. And then you develop the idea or the belief that life just happens to you. 
And so that's how people become victims. And I find it interesting because I really didn't have a victim mentality when I was a lot younger. A lot of times when things were good in my life, I felt bright and happy and somewhat normal. And it wasn't until much later in my life that I developed the victim mentality. And so I have suffered from depression for all of my life that I can remember. And there were times when it was okay and times when it was really bad. And some of it I can tell was chemical induced from my own body. And some of it was depression and abuse, depression because of abuse, depression because of um, a lot of situations that felt very out of control and scary to my young self. Um, There was a time when I was just getting into middle school and I cried for for days, for like a month. I cried every day and I would come home from school and just cry, which now I realize crying is really good because crying is relieving your body. It's one of the ways that our body tries to um, find balance, tries to relieve some of the pain and stress and emotion to find that balance again. So crying is good, but of course, crying for a month straight was not great and something needed to be done. Um And so that is one of the times that I really remember feeling very out of control and like a victim. Another time was when I've already had some babies and I had postpartum depression, basically from the time my son was born, my first son. And um, it was very out of control for me because Justin decided that we needed to move to another state. And I didn't have a say. At this time, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was super depressed. I was low energy, very under-functioning. And I felt like I had no say or choice in the matter. And when we moved, on top of not having the choice to go home and pack all my things, I just was on vacation at his his parents' house. And, and uh, he said, we're moving. And I said, no, I want to come home. And he says, I'm packing up and we're moving to Missouri. And so that was very, you can see at that point, I, why I would feel like a victim. Well, it started there, but it didn't stop. And I want to say that I felt like a victim. We moved again a year later. Um, again, I voted no and said I wanted to stay, but I was outvoted and my husband was a breadwinner and he had a job lined up. And so we moved again. And for a second time, I didn't get to pack my stuff. In fact, all of my stuff was left behind and sold and um, started fresh with just what would fit in our minivan, along with two children. So two children, my husband and I, and a minivan of our only belongings. And you can imagine how much of a victim I felt at that point. And so my life in West Virginia started with me feeling very victimized, very out of control. And at that point, I had serious depression. So I'm not going to go down the blame hole. (laughs) But what I can tell you is that there are benefits of being a victim. Some of the benefits of being a victim are is that you have no accountability. And so nothing can be blamed on you. Your life is not your fault. If it turns out good, if it turns out bad, it's you're not accountable. It's someone else. There's a secondary gain that we get, though. We get sympathy or attention, which sometimes we confuse as connection. And I did receive that as well, because 
as I moved to both new states, my story of how I got there was a way that I connected with some people. And they did give me sympathy and attention. And I did confuse that for connection. And some of those relationships, actually, I developed and still have, even after I came out of victim mentality. But victim mentality also satisfied, satisfies a need for external validation. And if you haven't heard the podcast on stop seeking external validation and asking other people for answers, I think you need to go listen to that because our need for external validation as someone who grew up with a lot of aces is way, way, way out of control. And we're always trying to seek that, which is normal. And it's not something that anyone needs to be blamed for. It's just an imbalance that we need to rebalance. And the last thing I want to mention is that when we have the victim thinking or victim mentality, we avoid the risk of having that true vulnerability, which keeps us away from true connection. It keeps it far away from us. Because if we can't be truly vulnerable, we can't really truly connect where it matters. Well, if you're here listening to this podcast, my guess is that you're not in the victim mentality. Um, I was able to leave the victim mentality as my depression lessened and life got easier for me as my kids got older. And I started seeing a change probably when Hannah was like four or five I saw, well, around the time she was three, I would get some days of really clear thinking and feel like I could conquer the world and I could learn everything. And then it would come and go. But about the time she was five, I started feeling really strong again. And um, not 100%, probably haven't felt, didn't start feeling 100% until about 2018. But then I had my diabetes scare, which took a whole year to um, learn about and learn to manage and get my A1C down. And so probably about 2019, maybe we can give me on that. But ar around then is when I really cleared up any victim mentality that I had. The problem with victim mentality is it's the lowest energy. It's the lowest way of thinking. And if you have no control over your life, can you change anything in your life? You really can't. And so because I decided I wanted to change things in my life, the victim thinking and the victim mentality kind of fell to the wayside for the most part, but I still see fragments of it come up in my life. And I, I recognize that some of it is just because as a child, I developed these bad habits or bad patterns, and now I'm seeing them emerge again because the victim mentality is gone. And so now I'm seeing, oh, this is, I used to always do this even before I had the postpartum depression. And so, you know, it's time to clean it up. It's time to clean up blame. So we've talked about cognitive distortions before. They're patterns of thinking that are false or inaccurate, and they really can cause us a lot of stress. They really weigh us down. And because it's a distortion, we can never make sense of it. So for me, that cognitive distortion is blaming other people for what's happening in my life. So I have a list of questions here that you can think about and answer for yourself. Do you blame other people for what's in your life? Or do you think that life is against you? Do you have trouble coping with problems in your life? Do you feel powerless? Or like there's nothing that you can do about the problems that come up in your life? 
Do you feel stuck in your life or stuck in a certain area? Do you often feel attacked when other people give you feedback or advice? And do you attract other people who are in your life who you can blame or who you do blame? Or other people who are negative and also blame? And so I could definitely answer yes to a lot of those things in my life um, once a long time ago. And now I'm not doing that so much. I do see myself doing that in regards to my husband, Justin. I would say Justin is probably the last area that I really need to clean up in that in that aspect. Because I, f- I feel like, you know, I have definitely seen myself blame him a lot lately for things in my life. And that could possibly be because he's the closest person to me and the safest place to lay the blame. But also, I have been clearing that up. I have been working on my relationship with him. And I have definitely seen a big change in that. So I can see it going the right way. (laughs) So let's talk about what is blame. Blame is just defined as assigning responsibility for fault or wrong. And we can blame other people for all kinds of things like literally, you know, when you're trying to get out the door to a wedding or an event of some sort, a movie, and you blame your spouse who was late. And that's why you guys didn't make it to the place on time. Blaming is that easy. And we really do have a choice in the matter. So it really, when we blame other people, it leads to really unhelpful emotions really negative emotions such as resentment, anger, and hatred. So why do we blame others? Well, we usually blame others because we need a quick escape from the guilt that we're feeling. It's easy and it's really just an effortless tactic that we get, that we use when we feel really defensive or like we're in trouble. Just me saying that made me think about little Celeste when she would get in trouble and get really scared and feel like she needed to blame or be on the defensive. It's really, blame is really used by those of us who feel like that we're not going to get the love we need unless we're perfect, unless we're serving, unless we're doing all the things, we're not going to get that love. And so that's pretty scary. And if you think about your little self not getting the love or the appreciation or the kudos for the good job, well done, or just even be being seen and heard in a positive way. Yeah, that that would be pretty scary. And so you can see how blaming others could be uh, from trauma. It could be a trauma response, little t or big t trauma response. And so we Really, when we're when we're doing this, it's probably from an old pattern is what I'm thinking, especially for myself. A lot of times if we're perfectionists, we'll want to blame other we'll want to blame other people, because if we're not perfect, then we're going to be unlovable. We're going to be failures or we're going to be unworthy. And because we hold ourselves to such a high standard, we just can't see, you know, ourselves fail And it puts us in a really vulnerable position. So blaming other people is an easy out, but it also leads to a lot of problems. Because you can imagine that if you're blaming people for what's in your life, you're pushing those people away, possibly. Um, Just like I was pushing my husband away when I started really working on things this past couple months. Um, 
it's, de- you know, we're denying that we have responsibility or control what's in of what's in our life. So we have to be really careful and we have to look at this and see what we're doing. So why, why are we blaming? I did talk about the one reason, which is, you know, it could be from trauma and a trauma response, but also when we make other people responsible for whatever problems are going on, then we don't have to keep progressing or growing. So if you think about on the victim scale, if you're blaming people for what's in your life, you have no control and you don't have responsibility. But now coming back, getting out of the victim mentality, and now we're just talking about blaming. Well, it has that same effect. If we can blame someone else for something specific in our life, then we don't have to be responsible for that thing. We don't have to grow in that area. We can just leave that alone, right? And let's let's be honest. We all have areas in life that we're not growing. And if we can take responsibility for that, that's that's really good. And that is probably the best <laughs> possible thing, just acknowledging that we're not working on that area right now. And I do that with food all the time. Food and my health right now have been put on the back burner. And I am to the point again where I'm going, okay, I have to fix this for things to change. I must change. And so I'm starting to look at my health a little more. In the beginning, I talked about how uncomfortable I have been lately and how I have been blaming other people. That is, if you kind of think about it, like a little bit of a shadow that's going on for me because I even um, on my videos with my friends back and forth when we Marco Polo have been talking about things that I normally don't talk about, like my appearance, my eyebrows, one of them being a little sparse and um, my double chin. And those aren't things that I normally talk about on Marco Polo. Those aren't things that normally are in my mind, but I find myself right now during this time in class. And what I'm seeing is that, um, this underlying kind of stress of the class is maybe got me freaked out a little more than I know. And so I noticed that I started blaming everybody for things because I didn't feel like I had room to be wrong or to, for other people to see me in a bad light because I was seeing myself that way already. And I know that my mom is a perfectionist. I always said I would be type A personality and a perfectionist if I didn't have such bad depression. Because I do. I love things just so. I love things, you know, the sheets folded just so and the bed made just perfectly. And I love a perfectly clean house and things that are functioning, you know, everything in good order. But I don't actually live like that most of the time. And it has been getting better and better, obviously, since I have had such clear thinking over this last several years. But I don't have the capacity for that. But I still did get that example from my mom where you have to be perfect or you have to hide your life. And so during this stressful time, I noticed that that was coming out in me. And I think that's where the blame is coming from. And I think that possibly that is why I've been looking at criticizing myself, looking at myself and seeing what's wrong instead of what's right. I wonder what areas in life you see yourself blaming other people, blaming your husband for not fixing things that needed to be done or blaming your children for the reason you're not handling finances. Well, that's me. That's one of the things I have done in the past, which I have been correcting lately. 
is blame my children because I want to provide these things for them and this experience, these experiences for them. And they have, you know, spending needs and, and all of this kept me in not being responsible for my money. And I saw that as something I had to clean up. But so what areas do you think that you have blame? Did you ever have victim mentality? Have you, have you overcome that? And now you're in a different place. I think that victim mentality oftentimes is, can also just be in a period of life. If you've had a lot of ACEs, then you have unhealthy coping strategies. And so if something gets really bad is out of, you know, you feel like it's out of control or it is making you feel out of control, then going into victim mentality might be something that you do like I did. But just always looking at ourselves and remembering that these negative, uncomfortable emotions, they're not going to go away without us doing something about them. So we need to do something about them. And as you guys know, the first thing I'm always going to say we need to do is to notice, to notice where we're blaming and then ask ourselves, why are we uncomfortable? And sit with that a little while. Today, I heard someone explain it in a different way. He said, if you if you just acknowledge an emotion for how it is without trying to change it and and just feel it for I want to say he said 7 to 10 seconds if he feels his emotion without trying to change it without trying to do anything to it that it usually dissipates for him and so when it comes to blaming we're talking about discomfort we're not talking about severe pain or se- severe anxiety anything like that we're just talking about things that make us really uncomfortable and that we need to to uh release from ourselves and so if you can see where you're blaming identify that notice it sit with it then maybe that would pass and you would be able to move on from that but either way noticing And stopping yourself from blaming is a really responsible thing to do. And it will cause the people around you to feel more loved and more accepted and it would stop pushing them away. But something else to think about, which which I do think about, is my desire and need to help other people in my life so badly. I want to help people that I see in my daily life, in real life, you know, and I have been looking, um, I have a couple friends specifically who are in that young mom phase and I've looked at, you know, what's going on in their life and I, and I see a little bit of that victim mentality and I think, how could I help them? But the truth of the matter is if someone has that mentality, they have to get themselves out of that. They have to want to change. They have to want to see it. And by us going to someone and saying, Hey, you have a victim mentality you need to grow out of is not going to help them. And so I find myself thinking about that a lot. If you have someone in your life who you think you want to help them change, you have to consider that as well. Change comes from ourselves. It comes from an awareness. It comes from a desire to have something different in our lives. And so everyone gets to choose when they hit that point in life where they're ready for that. And so I think about that a lot too. All right. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me through this journey. It really means a lot to me. Well, if you have anything you'd like to mention that you would like to hear as a podcast episode, questions that you have or anything, please get on 
Instagram or Facebook and leave me a message um, compiling a list of questions. I eventually would like to do um, like a question and answer. So if you have any questions that you'd like to hear the answer to, let me know. All right. If you know anyone who you think might benefit from hearing this information, please share it with them. It's actually, I think I heard a statistic this week that said 70% of um, growth of a podcast is from word of mouth. So, so if you think of anyone to share it with, I really appreciate it if you do. Well, you guys all have a wonderful week ahead. Talk to you next week.